Welcome to The Rich Report, a podcast with news and information on high-performance computing. Today, my guest is Mark Hamilton from NVIDIA, and we're at the GPU Technology Conference. Mark, we're kind of wrapping up things here on the last day, aren't we? Well, we'll have a, we'll have a few more things to talk about today in some great sessions, but yes, this is the last day, and we have a lot of news over the last couple of days. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad we could sit down, because I want to talk to you about two things in particular. Uh, there was a keynote yesterday by Jensen. Um, they announced the uh, the Volta-based architecture GPUs, and I want to talk to you in the context of that about uh, HPC and AI. And secondly, this business about this new uh, cloud piece and what that's about. So, um, well, let's start with Volta because, you know, the latest GPU, what I got out of that is that, you know, it's the same kind of form factor, but about twice the throughput of today's P100. Did I get that right? Yeah. Sure. Let's talk a little bit about Volta and, and HPC and AI. You know, this is this started is is more of a, a few years ago is more of an HPC show, and we still have a lot of HPC customers here, and they always ask me, "Well, are you moving away from HPC and going into AI?" Now, yeah. the great thing is 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 AI and HPC use the same underlying technologies. Mm -hmm. So first mm -hmm. of all, last year we introduced Pascal, and and that had a 5.4 teraflops of FP64 support. And we all know that double precision is really the lifeblood of HPC. Yeah. So only a year later, you know, I think people were wondering, what were, what, were we going to keep up that F, FP64? Were we going to all go to specialize just for a deep learning? Well, one year later, we came out with 1.5x the performance. We're now 7.5 teraflops of double precision, mm -hmm. unmatched by any chip in the world. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the HPC people should be really happy about that. Yeah, yeah, because Pascal is no slouch. The P100 is still, people are still, get, you know, greedy to get their hands on that. And, you know, you got Volta. It is. Yeah. Uh, you know, we saw every systems vendor out on the show floor with, with Pascal offerings mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, today, from putting you know two Pascals in a standard server to a lot of uh, custom-built systems designed for GPUs with four and eight or even more sometimes GPUs. Yeah. Um, our OEMs in, have invested a lot coming out with some great designs with our SXM2 high-density form factor. Mm -hmm. And again, this is what allows the OEMs to pack four or eight 300 watt GPUs into a, a compact form factor. So we carried over that same form factor into Volta. Mm -hmm. It's the same form factor and, uh, again, is is drop-in ready for, for HPC uh, designs. And so with actually our own DGX1, we announced that that will be uh, up, not only be upgradable to Volta, but any customers that by DGX1 starting yesterday, we'll get a free upgrade to Volta. So that's a great deal. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a smart business move. I mean, because I actually talked to one of your engineers last night about well, what's involved with the hardware swap. And he's, it literally, you, you screw it onto the same, and it goes in the sockets or whatever you call it. And it's it's not that big a deal, sounds like. You know? Yeah, DGX1 was really designed for serviceability and, and upgradability. Yeah. So the whole GPU carrier board, yeah. uh, top half of the system, easily slides out and will be replaced with a new carrier board with Volta. And in fact, that's how we, that's how we maintain the system systems in the field today. If a customer needs to replace a GPU, we just slide out that whole card, slide in a new one, and then do the replacements back in the factory. Um, but moving on to AI, you know, clearly um, 
the new excitement in the show, right, in the growth is is in the area of, of AI. And, and with Pascal, um, we introduced FP16 last year. Um, and, and FP16 turned out to be really good for, for some applications. It was actually really, really good for inference. But for training, FP16 works sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't have the mathematical accuracy to make it work correctly. And, you know, so many people are just learning deep learning, just learning how to use TensorFlow, just learning how to create new layers in, in their neural network. And they don't want to be worried about, well, is my model accurate or not, right? And then they have to figure out, well, if my model doesn't converge if it's not training right. Did I install TensorFlow incorrectly? Is it something wrong with the model? Or is it mathematical accuracy? So our architecture team has been working really, really hard since we introduced FP16. And they said, how can we guarantee that now that, you know, ever, you know, so much data exists and is in that FP16 format, how can we train on it and speed up training and still provide the accuracy? And this is what our new Tensor Core unit does. The Tesla V100 has 640 Tensor Core units in it. And what each Tensor Core does, it does a 4 by 4 matrix multiply and adds that to another matrix, comes out with the result. So if you think about it, uh, where A, B, C, and D are, are matrices, it's D equals A times B plus C. And that's the basic math that lies at the core of almost every deep neural network. But what we do, mathematically, we take in two FP16 matrices, and we do the multiplication. And then we accumulate that multiplication using FP32. And then we don't lose any accuracy. And then we add that to another FP32 matrix. And so this... This new, type, this new implementation of the tensor core and this math, the FP16 inputs, but actually doing the math in FP32 um, is, is where we really had to introduce a new core to do that effectively. And so now uh, in actual training results, we're able to get about th three to four times the training performance running r real frameworks. Yeah, yeah. And so... Mark, is this the equivalent? I mean, I, I realize it's a hardware thing, but it's like adding instruction set kind of things. Like, yeah, it absolutely is. is. Yeah, okay. So uh, we published uh, in our Parallel for All blog mm -hmm. two great blogs. We published one was the Inside Volta that gave all the specs on number of SMs, number of tensor cores, and then just today we followed that up with a preview of CUDA nine. So there's actually our new instructions in CUDA nine that, that let the adventuresome program the tensor cores directly. But we've already done the hard work, so we've we've put it in Kublast, we've put it in QDNN, and we've already been working with all of the top framework vendors, uh, MXNet, uh, Microsoft Cognitive Toolkit, um, uh, TensorFlow. So when Volt is released, all of those frameworks will immediately be able to take advantage of the Tensor Core. Oh, interesting. So there was a new term that came up, Mark. I wanted to ask you about it because in the HPC world, we, we, we talk about teraflops, of course. But uh, Jensen called them tensor teraflops when he was doing his specs. And does that just mean 16-bit teraflops? or? <laughs> well, <no>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Again, in, you know, with Pascal, we started talking about uh, double precision yeah. teraflops. Right. 
And of course, you have single precision teraflops. And we talked, we introduced the term with Pascal of half precision teraflops. And, and that was pretty clear, right? But really, what we're operating on is now a tensor, in effect, this, this four by four matrix. But it isn't just an FP16 operation, right? It's an FP16 input, but the math is accumulating it at FP, at FP32. So, so that's why we're calling it a tensor teraflop. Okay. Okay, so uh, basically, I think they were saying something like, you know, deliver. You start shipping this in third quarter of this year, or something like that. I mean, they didn't go into a lot. Of sure. So uh, most of the OEMs are, are targeting shipping Volta in OEM platforms in Q4, okay. and we'll be shipping um, Volta in DGX1 in Q3. Uh, we've also, on the HPC side, we, of course, previously have announced uh, the Coral system, yeah. Summit in Sierra, yeah. and we said at the time of announcement that those will start delivery this year, and we're still on schedule to do that. Oh, great, great. Okay, uh, HGX1. What is the difference between DGX1 and HGX? Because this was a new term to me. Oh, HGX1, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was introduced a couple months ago, and, and this is a joint collaboration between uh, Microsoft um, and NVIDIA. And, and it's been the design of HGX1 has been, is being contributed back to the Open Compute Platform uh, organization. So, first of all, uh, HGX1 is not a server. HGX1 is an external GPU chassis that houses eight Pascal or now Volta GPUs. So it doesn't boot? It doesn't boot. <laughs> okay. It's an external platform. Gotcha. Second is, it's not actually a product. It's a reference design. Mm. Right, And so reference design, that just like other OCP platforms, you can go to your ODM and ask them to build that reference design for you. So NVIDIA isn't building or selling um, HGX1. Now, the value proposition for HGX1 is think about uh, Azure or other cloud computing providers. Today, they may sell some instances with two GPUs, some instances with four GPUs, some instances with eight. And today, they need to have different either, either break up the server with a complicated virtualization scheme or they need to um, go through and buy specific servers with two, four, eight GPUs. Uh, so HGX1 lets them basically um, change that at... To, to change that. So they, if they have a customer comes in and says, well, I want 10,000 8GPU servers for six months, they can run HGX in that platform, and then they can go through and recable it and have 20,000 4GPU servers for the next month. So... So really, uh, this reference design for the hyperscale type It's for hyperscalers yeah. who need that flexibility. Yeah. okay. All right, Mark, well, we promised we wanted to talk about... Um, this new NVIDIA cloud and get things straight because you're not going into competition with AWS, etc. What is this really about? It was announced yesterday. Well, we love all of our OEM and cloud partners. <laughs> so uh, the yeah. NVIDIA GPU cloud, let me t talk about that a little bit. Okay. So when we built DGX1, one of the key values that uh, key observations and key values we wanted to deliver with DGX1 was to speed up 
uh, the day one adoption of deep learning and deep learning training. Um, if you've ever installed TensorFlow or installed Cafe, um, that's hard enough in, it, in and of itself. But the challenge is those are great. You know, those tools were all developed by computer scientists, not data scientists. And they're totally new to the typical enterprise IT. So it's really hard for enterprise IT to come up to speed those products. So what we did with, with uh, DGX1, we worked with all of the top deep learning frameworks and we containerized the frameworks using uh, NV Docker, our version of the industry standard uh, Docker platform. And today, DGX1 users can just go to an NVIDIA portal, um, log on, be authenticated, and they can uh, select the container they want to use. That container downloads into their data center onto their DGX1 connects to their files on their NFS server and starts training. And furthermore, what we allow our customers to do, if they don't want to manage their DGX1, again, a lot of times a small group of data scientists, right, they buy a couple of DGX1s, and they're not familiar with all the things like HPC job schedulers. They don't want to try to set up Slurm or some other open source scheduler. So we can do that all in the cloud for our customers, and we do that for DGX1 today. So we decided, you know, we had a lot of customers said that, you know, they, they loved our containers, but they, not every one of their not every one of their developers had a DGX one. They maybe just had, you know, a Titan X card in a PC or, or workstation. And then others said, well, you know, we have a couple of DGX ones and that's working great, but sometimes it's not enough, right? And we need to use some cloud resources for that. And, and our containers were only available on DGX one. So what the NVIDIA, uh, GPU cloud does is ex it extends that model of of containerized deep learning frameworks and management in the cloud in the NVIDIA cloud and it extends that all the way down to Titan X GPUs so you can start with a Titan X card in a PC mm -hmm. log on and get the NVIDIA <laughs> you will be able to log on and get the NVIDIA optimized container and run that on your 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 Titan X card. When that's not enough, upgrade to a DGX station or a DGX and run on-premise. And then if you need to expand and use cloud resources, you can burst out to the cloud and run those same containers. And in effect, rather than have to go onto Amazon or Azure, learn how to spin up a container, install TensorFlow on the container, move your data there, manage it, schedule it, all the things that you have to do. They'll all be done as easily as if you were just using your the same way that you manage your, your DGX1. So, are you trying to get out of that? So well, you know, the, it's, it, it all depends on, on the, the user. But, you know, there's entire companies yeah. Whose, yeah. whose business model is to help customers spin up clusters on, on Amazon. So, again, in the deep learning space, we'll be doing that for our customers. So, is this available by the hour? Is, is, is NVIDIA, you know, the, essentially the you know, service provider in this model? Or are you trying to get out of that? You know, so I don't confuse my listeners out there. Yeah, so we didn't announce pricing for it. Yeah, uh, yeah we'll roll that out. Uh, today, uh, it's available. It's included in DGX and DGX software. Uh -huh. And so, again, and obviously when uh, customers are bursting out into Amazon or Azure or, or the likes, we'll be passing on uh, those costs uh, as 
to the customer. So we'll have a we'll have a, a billing system. But again, customers will uh, be billed directly by uh, Nvidia, and then we'll go through and spin up the instances on the cloud of their choice. Well, it sounds like you're not spinning up a business unit for revenue. You're trying to get people make it easier to use your devices and and scale them. You know, absolutely. That's all. That's always been our our goal to make yeah. it easier for people to use our technology. Great. Well, Mark, it's been a very exciting week here. Any other closing thoughts on all the stuff that, you know, there must have been a dozen things announced uh, this week. What are you hearing from customers? Um, you know, I think I think as a as an old HPC guy, <laughs> one of my favorites is is to look inside at the water cooling of DGX Station. Mm, right? We've mm-hmm. taken uh, we've taken we're delivering almost half a petaflop of performance, four hundred and eighty um, uh, four hundred eighty teraflops of tensor ops. Right. Yeah. Whisper quiet, right? You can. T- I have my engineers. You know, the, the advantage is, is if uh, you work at Nvidia, you get access to all this technology early. So all of my data scientists at, uh, working for me at Nvidia all have a DGX station at their desk, and I can I can walk down uh, the hall and you can't hear a thing. So it's as quiet as a laptop. Because if yeah, if you had to blow air to keep that cool, it would be like a cyclone uh, fan, right? I mean, serious. So, okay, so almost half a petaflop in 3U kind of thing or well, you know, so a power station? DGX is station is, is three rack un- or DGX server is three rack units. Okay. We carried for the same exact chassis and yeah. form factor. Um, uh, DGX station, uh, DGX station is sized like a, a, a tall uh, tower PC. Amazing, amazing. So literally a office-based supercomputer. Absolutely. Wow. Supercomputer wow. next to your desk. <laughs> cool. Well, Mark, since we last talked, of course, you guys did, you launched the Saturn V, got it on the uh, top 500, right? Can, can you tell me a little bit about that? Because I've been reading more about it, but it's, it's for your own internal use. Is that correct? We use Saturn V for a couple of things. So yeah. Saturn V is is not only the, the 28th fastest supercomputer in the world, but it's mm-hmm. also, I'll remind you, it's the most energy efficient. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's it's about two times more energy efficient than the nearest competitor. Oh, on the Green 500? Um, on yeah. the Green 500. Wow. So wow. Um, in the future, we certainly plan to upgrade uh, Saturn V uh, with Volta. And so we're really looking forward to uh, where that system Ooh, ends yeah, up on yeah. efficiency. Where do you go from number one? That's <laughs> well, it's going to be about 1.5 times as energy efficient. Okay. So, yeah, excellent. Um, in in Linpack, at least. But um, anyhow, we're using that system for a couple of things today. Mm-hmm. Um, one, it's it's in effect, uh, it's our internal alpha test system. All of our software, all of these optimized containers that I talked about, our cloud-managed software, we test all that internally by using our own data scientists on Saturn V. And so, for instance, we announced uh, yesterday our collaboration with Toyota, and Toyota putting our drive technology into all of their future cars. Uh, today, we're developing the software stack on that, that we have the NVIDIA BB-8 cars that you've seen at the show here. We're driving them around with DrivePX, and they collect a few uh, terabytes of data a day, and that all gets dumped into Saturn V. And we've got data scientists and, and computer scientists. Instead of writing if-then-else code for computer vision, they're dumping in terabytes of data, training a model, and seeing the results. And they're one of our biggest users, our automotive team for Saturn V. 
We're also using Saturn V for um, the the U.S. Cancer Moonshot Project. So there's an initiative called Candle that's run by the National Cancer Institute in um, in the top national DOE labs, and we're using Saturn V to uh, to test the scaling and development of deep learning frameworks specifically designed for cancer research. You know, looking at different types of models. Right, the model to um, identify an image of cancer is going to be a little bit different than mall to identify your face or a stop sign. So we're, we're working with uh, the Candela initiative on that. And with the DGX Cloud, we'll all also have the opportunity to provide access directly to Saturn V to some early customers. And again, in that space, we certainly are, are not going to compete with any of the big cloud providers. But you know, as for Amazon or Azure to roll out a new product at the scale that they do, it takes them a, a little bit longer naturally than it would for NVIDIA. So by rolling Rolling out, um, you know, as, as we do things like proof of concepts with customers, or you know, a strategic customer needs to have uh, Volta access before it's in the cloud. We'll have that capability to extend the the DJX cloud framework, to, which already sits on Saturn V, to external customers. Okay. Okay. Well, Mark, I can't let you go about without trying to find out a little bit about the future. ISC's coming up, top 500, etc. Geez, a month from today, something like that. Soon. Uh, what's NVIDIA? You guys going to have a booth there? What, what, what's, what's coming? We do. Uh, yeah. We have uh, the same size booth as last year, so okay. we've got a, a pretty large booth there. Yep. Uh, I'll be at ISC. In fact, I think I'm going to be in the vendor showdown there again. So oh, yes. looking for a, a rematch. Had a tie last year. Oh, um, the, the old hot seat. Now yeah, it's the hot, hot, yeah, hot yeah, seat. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, uh, again, I'm, I'm, sure we'll, I'm sure we'll have some additional announcements there. Yeah. Uh, we'll yeah. have uh, talk about some of our customers. Uh, using our systems and uh, again, I, I certainly expect to have uh, some additional uh, NVIDIA systems in the top 500 to talk about. Oh, great. Well, hey Mark, I really appreciate you coming by today and thanks for coming on The Rich Report. Good, thanks. You bet. Okay folks, that's it for The Rich Report. Stay tuned for more news and information on high-performance computing. <laughs>